was in the past years a lot of a lot of focus also on new buildings, uh, which is important. Absolutely, I mean, if we build new buildings, please let's make them as carbon neutral as possible. Absolutely, that makes sense. But the reality is that 90% of the buildings that are here today will still be here in 2050. The real challenge for the industry is about the current building stock. Welcome back to the Word Bold podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions of space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is episode eight of season nine, sponsored by Delta Q. In this episode, I'm joined by Khadija Nadi, CEO of Delta Q. Yes, you heard that right. It's not a verbal typo. Yes, Delta Q is our headline sponsor, but this episode is not an advertisement. Being in the road to zero area at MIPM this season and having an ESG theme, I very much wanted to sit down with Khadija to talk through how she's leading their mission to help the real estate industry reduce its carbon footprint. There's a big focus on new developments meeting net zero standards, and rightfully so, but 90% of existing buildings will still be here in 2050. So we hear how Delta Q is helping landlords retrofit for net zero. We learn why data is the key to both learn how a building performs, but also to deliver transparency for management, customers, and investors. Now, obviously, retrofitting doesn't come without upfront costs, but Khadija explains how this is actually an investment that can be offset by savings on energy consumption and how tenants, <clears throat> office customers, will benefit. Now, with transparency on performance, could we see a new dynamic pricing model for hybrid companies using less energy? Hmm. Khadija goes on to share her insights on how landlords and their customers can collaborate with positive outcomes for employees who want to make a positive impact on the environment. Makes sense to me. As always, if you have any questions or feedback on topics you want covered, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Caleb underscore Parker or DM me on LinkedIn. You may have seen our headline sponsor, Delta Q, just raise 8 million euros to fund their international expansion. Delta Q is the leader in reducing energy consumption and CO2 emissions in the commercial real estate sector. Later in the show, we hear from Delta Q's UK director why this is important for our industry. Without further ado, Jeff, let's kick it. Welcome back to the Workable Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and we're at MIPM all season long. Big shout out to our furniture as a service partner, NorNorm, for making our podcast studio complete and comfortable. And thank you to Convivio for helping get this furniture from Paris to London. This episode, I'm sitting with Khadija Nadi, CEO of Delta Q. Delta Q is a Belgian technology company operating from the center of Brussels, which developed a solution that learns to predict the behavior of a building in context of comfort and energy use and leverages these predictions to automatically steer the energy systems. The company aims to improve comfort while maximizing energy and CO2 savings and allows operational teams to turn their attention to added value work instead of repetitive tasks and constant fine-tuning. Prior to Delta Q, Khadija was COO at Impact Capital, who invests in businesses which solve societal and environmental issues where she oversaw the company's business operations. Coming off an 8 million euro investment round, Khadija is leading Delta Q's international expansion plans, which when deployed over a large volume of buildings, 
they will deliver an important contribution to realizing the world's ambition in the fight against climate change. Welcome to the Wartbull Podcast, Khadija. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kayla. It's great that you've had time to squeeze me in. I appreciate that. You've been very busy at MIPM. I understand you've had like 400,000 meetings? Just 42, which is quite a lot already in three days. <laughs> that, that is a lot, but that's what MIPM is about, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it feels good. What kind of conversations are you having here at MIPM? Well, we have different things. So we, one, we meet, of course, the people who are already working with partners like Alliance Real Estate, Extensa, etc. So we meet current customers with whom we work partners. So that's, that's really important. It's nice to meet face-to-face instead of teams meeting. So that's one big part, of course, of where we come from. We also have some countries where we're busy with some business development. So we meet a lot of new potential customers, people interested in what we do. And of course, for this year, we had a lot of requests because of the importance of reducing the energy consumption, you know, ESG. I mean, we have road to net zero where we are here today. So it is a big topic. So we have quite a lot of meetings. So it's a lot about meetings with potential partners. It's sometimes also meetings with people we could work with, you know, like providing another service, but that could be combined with what we do. And a little bit of investors sometimes as well. But the main majority, let's say, of the 42 meetings are with potential partners, mainly in Europe. And you guys can't see her outfit, but she's completely on brand today. (laughs) Um, And I understand this is your MO. You're in this branded outfit often, right? Well, actually, it's always hard. When you are at such a fair, everyone is always in, in black, blue. Everyone looks a bit like... Black's uh, good, come on. Black is absolutely good. (laughs) And you would often in my personal life see me in black. But I think it's nice to pop up a bit here. So that's, yeah, that's some kind of of signature that I try to have when we are at fairs. Obviously, it pops really nicely with our our red carpet here. So (laughs) we've got the, the, the pictures to prove it. So look, we're at MIPOM. You rightly said this is... An important topic right now. Yeah. ULI just released their big report yesterday. Absolutely. There's statistics showing that investors aren't earmarking capital to retrofit, reduce energy consumption and carbon emissions, but it's absolutely yeah. needed. There's a big gap absolutely. happening between what customers want and what's being offered. Yeah. But you guys are helping landlords solve for this. Well, yeah, actually, it's, I have to say this year at MIPIM, there was in the past years a lot of, a lot of focus also on new buildings, uh, which is important. Absolutely. I mean, if we build new buildings, please let's make them as carbon neutral as possible. Absolutely. That makes sense. But the reality is that 90% of the buildings that are here today will still be here in 2050. The real challenge for the industry is about the current building stock. That's where we have to mobilize ourselves. So that's also the area where we focus on. And I have to say for this year at MIPIM, a lot of the conferences, a lot of these the discussions were really about this retrofitting, about how can we make the current building stock actually better in terms of energy efficiency, consuming less, etc. And that's exactly where we help them with our solutions. So I think that's a very important point that the existing buildings aren't going anywhere. And they need, to be, they need to be retrofit. I think the question that Lizette raises that landlords and investors are looking at this as a cost, where in fact, it's actually an investment in the future because without doing the retrofitting, they're going to lose customers. They're going to be hit with penalties and ultimately their energy costs are going to go up. How are you helping them solve for this? Well, maybe just about that comment. I think I was this morning listening to one of the conferences where Allianz Real Estate and someone from Generali were talking and it was actually really part of the plan. Now, they're really front runners to companies that are quite front runners in that. And they do understand that retrofitting is part of it. And they do also see that that capex is needed. It has to be planned simply because otherwise, like you said, I mean, if 
their buildings are not compliant, if they are not okay with the climate risk, then they will lose a lot of value. So there's no question about the fact that these investments need to happen. Next to the fact that, of course, if you want to continue to attract the right tenants and people, well, you have to make sure that this is okay. So I think from that perspective that there's something absolutely changed here and people are busy with it. Now, in terms of what we do is when we came into the market a couple of years ago, we immediately started with our flagship product, which is the autopilot, which is basically we connect with the buildings. So we act on the HVAC system. So the HVAC system, heating, ventilation and cooling, that's about 60% of the total consumption of, a, of, a, of an office building, for example. So we started with saying, okay, can we steer, can we automate more how that works? So how do we do that concretely? So we connect with the building, we take the data out of the building, and we're going to build what we call a digital twin. And we will take into account things like weather forecasts. Now imagine if you have the sun shining on your facade in a building. Of course, it impacts a lot if you have 100 people in a building, if you have 10 people in a building, it affects a lot. So occupancy has a big influence. And we take all of that into account in our model, which is going to predict. So we work with a predictive model, able to say, well, oh, now we can stop heating or now we can start heating. So doing that in a smarter way, automated way, 24-7. And by doing that, we are able on the current portfolio that we're steering to save around 20% on the total building, 20% of CO2 and energy. So that's cool. Uh, that's great. And we started with that. The reality, Caleb, is that we were way too soon in proposing that. This is not always where the industry is. So yes, we have to do that. Absolutely. But a lot of times we have to help our customers with two first steps. One is understanding the current consumption they have. Understanding, giving them the data about, okay, guys, we will provide you with a report. This is how much you consume. This is the overconsumption. You can have the anomalies that you can have in the building. That's number one. The second thing is, and that I look at the prop tech world and I took a look at us, a lot of companies in software thought that you could reduce energy without going into a building. You know, this is not, this is not a Netflix kind of model. You need to know the buildings. And what we do in that second step, that's very unique, but it works. That's why we get our stuff implemented, to be honest, is we go physically with an HVAC expert in the building. Because the reality is that your data compared to what's really happening in a building can be very different because you have different tenants. So let's take, for example, you have a, a sensor in a building, you have a certain sensor, but then you change behavior of the building because the tenant said all of a sudden, we don't want an open space anymore. We want to build some walls, all of that. And that sensor doesn't make any sense if he's placed in another area. So if you only do that based on data, you will not be able to provide a good, a good, a good feedback. So we have now this three steps approach, which is doing a digital scan which is going physically to the building to see what's the reality versus the data. And after doing that, we have a decarbonization plan. And then we are able to say to the landlord and align all the stakeholders, because that's a crucial part from respecting and taking the time to train the operator in this, you know, just there in the building, actually seeing all of this happening up to the investor or the landlord aligning everyone, explaining there's a big educational work that we have to do in this business, and then starting with saving the CO2. So I'm sorry, it's a big, long answer, but just to tell you that, yes, there are ways to do that. Absolutely. But we also learned to do that in a stepped approach because not everyone in the same, is in the same place on, on that journey. And not every company is at the same stage. Not every company, not every asset, not every absolutely. market. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the assets in different cycles of capital absolutely 
I want to turn to Resi for a second and see if there's a comparison here. I was having a conversation with a, a residential consultant on EPC. Obviously, there's lots of regulations coming down the pipe for that. Yeah. And uh, homeowners can invest in, sometimes get loans, bridge loans, invest in the retrofitting to make their homes more energy efficient. And actually, it upticks the value in their home. And that actually pays for the cost. Yeah. Is there an analogy here for a commercial? Well, I think at least in what we do, you know, you reduce cost. So if you look at, for example, here for the tenant, we basically also, our business model is also based on that. So if you pay one, we promise to save two, you know, that's, that's something that is very strong. Meaning that also for the, for the landlord, it means that they, they can actually put it in the service charges and the tenant will get the benefit from this cost. And definitely, you know, with the energy crisis that we had, you know, now the, the return on investment and the payback time has been reduced to a couple of months. It's really a win-win for everyone. So you're saying that you put this through a service charge, so there's really not costing the landlord anything. They have to up, maybe invest in it up front, put it through the service charge, but then the tenant's not upset. There's a service charge going up because your utilities are coming down. Exactly, exactly. So that's the thing. What we do, and that's also reality, when we do this digital scan and, you know, this due diligence of the building that we do in the beginning, might also conclude that, they need to invest more. They need to in invest in certain things. And then, yes, it will cost also something to the landlord if they really want to make that building, bring that building to, to the targets that they have legally and that they want to comply to. But that's very often not a problem because we make it very visible. We always work on portfolios when we work. It's always based on, you know, we don't work on one or two buildings. When we work, we get large portfolios. And, you know, let's say 30, 40% of it can go immediately to an autopilot where we can after just a couple of months, reduce drastically the consumption. That's cool. But more than one third of the buildings, we have to advise to say, guys, you first know the, the boiler still needs to be changed or this needs to be changed, etc." We're very, very open about that. And for 20% of the buildings, we really say, okay, guys, this is structural investments that you need. So there we are not the first solutions. You first need to make, I mean, we can, of course, come later, but it's not smart to put a smart layer before your building is okay. The interesting thing when you do all that is that it's, 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 it's an interesting discussion you can have with the tenant because a lot also of the energy destruction that you can have in a building has to do with the tenant behavior. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's for example, please let us do the blinds and let, let's not do that yourself manually. Let us do that automatically because we know the impact of weather, etc. And then we will be able to use that to use as least as possible of uh, energy. So there's also a part of education and of uh, talking to the tenant because they are also number one in that. So it's not a problem that will be solved only by Delta Q or only by the landlord or only by the facility manager, the property manager. It's really something that you have to do together. That's why it's so hard. I mean, the technology is there. That's not the issue. But the behavior and the change, that's the more challenging part. For the real estate owners who are listening to this, based on your early success so far, are you seeing them have conversations with their tenants after speaking with you, are you going in with them, with their customers to sit down and understand the lay of the land? How is this working? We definitely take that as part of our process. So we, we, we accept it and we really embrace the fact that you need to talk to all people in the building. So you need to have a conversation. So when we enter a building, we do take the time to also inform the tenant about this is what we do. This is the benefit that will be there for you, etc. So we take the time to do that definitely. And I think... I've seen a lot of landlords struggling a bit with that in how to get that conversation with the tenants. 
But I also see that, and that's cool, a lot of landlords now are starting to have a kind of a, a green deal with their tenants where they basically say, look, we are engaged to come to carbon neutral by then, etc. And you are also part of the equation. So this is also what we expect from you as a tenant. And most tenants love it. I imagine that many companies have employees that are also having this expectation of them. The customers hearing it from the landlord and their employees. Absolutely. So I think if you are uh, renting an office, and that was one of the first things that we checked when we had to go to big offices because the team became bigger at Delta Q, was to make sure to have an office that is smart, that is environmentally also not consuming too much, etc. So of course that fits with who we are as a company, but most people don't want to work for a company that is not doing that. And I think it's very concrete for people when you are able, when you attract talents to say in a very concrete way, you know, this is not just a nice poster, even our building, we do this and this and this. It's very concrete for the people. And I think, well, young people definitely do not want to work for a company that is not real and just doing some greenwashing. And that's a very concrete example because it's using technology smart, something smart to reduce your energy consumption. And okay, at the end of the day, why should we even for the cost and also for the planet, use more energy than needed. I mean, there's no reason to do that. Since we're talking ESG again, let's pop over to Adam Gadiali, Delta Q's UK director. Adam, the Workbolt audience is made up of office real estate professionals spanning 50 countries. Tell us a little bit about your international expansion plans for Delta Q and why that's important for office buildings. Reducing energy consumption is a major challenge for real estate organisations, especially since the sector is responsible for nearly 30% of the European Union's carbon emissions. Delta Q is a purpose-driven organisation and we partner with the largest real estate companies in the world to fight climate change and to help our customers towards net zero carbon with our triple strategy. This is what we like to call Map Plan Act. Thank you, Adam. More on Delta Q's triple strategy later in the show. I've said for a long time, I believe that in a future where companies recruit based on shared values and they put their values at the front and center of everything they do. And I I imagine, especially with the up and coming generations who really care about climate way more than anybody ever else has, and they have to, that this this has to be something that companies have as a board initiative. I think, well, if I would have to look at the way we do recruit people, values and the company culture would be as as a top priority. That's the reason why I also like to see everyone we hire, for example. This has to be okay. You can have the most competent person in the world in your company. If they do not share those values, you forget it. And the powerful thing is, if you have people that are competent and share the values of the company, then you get stars. You get people that can do way more than the rest and that are not only there to earn money, of course, it's that's, that's a fair thing, absolutely, but it, they are also there to make it a success and to go the extra mile. So I really believe that this is underestimated by also a lot of landlords, how they can also use this as an opportunity to attract talent in an industry that, let's be honest, is not the most sexy industry in the world. I mean, I don't have a lot of friends or young people I see saying I want to work in real estate, where I think it's one of the most interesting ones because it's one that still will be completely transformed with digital, with smart, with uh, all kind of initiatives to make it carbon neutral. And it will not only be Delta Q, it will be smart engineering, smart designing, smart architecture. It's a lot of those things. And yeah, there's a huge opportunity. I mean, if I would be a landlord to be able to to do that, and it's a good thing that's, you know, that's not greenwashing. That's really true if they also then put the means to do it properly. 
Certainly. And, and I think to, to your point about attracting talent into the real estate industry, there's so many more skills that are required from marketing to hospitality to technology, everything. I want to come over to what we're seeing at a macro level trends across the world of the people coming back into the office post pandemic, mm-hmm. all this stuff. The trends show that most people are coming in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. But often companies and landlords and buildings are still producing energy on Mondays and Fridays Absolutely. just as much as they do on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Are you guys helping with that in any way? Absolutely. So the first thing we do when we do that digital scan is that we are able to show it to them. Sometimes you have to see something to see the problem in your face to act upon it. So the first thing we do is we provide the data and we say, look, guys, this is how much you produce. Sometimes on the Monday, Friday, but a lot of times scale up and you would be surprised by a lot of offices that maybe even consume too much after hours, weekends, etc. So that is something that we can show them. And then you can start linking that occupancy, that presence into our models. And then you simply start to do things that are very interested. And if you combine that with the tenant behavior, then you can have really something that is way more than this 20% that we save on average for the moment. I wonder if there's a model in the future that enables landlords and tenants, or what I like to say customers, to engage commercially, to have the cost for the customer go up and down based on their usage and behavior. I think that would be absolutely something that would be great. It seems actually normal. I love the fact that you talk about a customer. When I started in this industry, I was fascinated by the fact that nobody talked about a customer there was no customer in this market. It says a lot about the market and something's changing. And when there was a conference about that, I mean, the easy money is not there anymore. The legislation is putting a lot of pressure. You need to start thinking about your customer satisfaction. And it's not a word that we hear often. So I'm very happy that you talk about that because I think it's crucial because customers also make you better because they ask you something, you want to make it better. And that's how an industry becomes better and better because we are you know, strict about what we want and we are demanding as a consumer and as a customer. I think that's a good thing. It's all part of real estate moving from product to service. And all of that makes sense. And you know, it's almost like, yeah, of course, why not? But the difficult thing is that it's a slow industry. Doesn't mean that people work hard. It doesn't mean that people are lazy or whatever. Not at all. I mean, that's not the case, but it's an industry that is hard to move because they are not used to that dynamic. We see that selling a software, same that as a service and it will come, but it will also come because of uh, companies like us coming and partnering with them. It will come because new talents will come in those companies. So it will be something that will be shared. They have to do it. Otherwise, new player will come into real estate that will completely, completely, and we see that already in some places that completely come with a new model. Yeah. And then, you know, tenants oh, yeah. might say, oh, this is more something for me. And we have seen it, but it could be even on a much larger scale. That would be something very dangerous, of course, for all the pension funds, etc., and all of that. It is also linked to our economy in general. Massive change happening. I, I've, I've been calling it a tsunami yeah. uh, because you don't see it happening all of a sudden. Boom. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. I want to end this on a sort of a lighter note. And it's fantastic to see double the number of people at MIPM this year than last year. But more importantly, it's exciting to see the more diversity here. Don't get me wrong. There's still lots of blue suits and old white men. And they're good people too. But to see pops of color and diversity, it's fantastic. What's been your favorite part of the week so far? I have to say what excites me most is the discussions that we have with the customers. That's really the part that I love during the last days. And honestly, not only to talk about business, but just to be able to be here outside on the terrace, being able to do business with people, because at the end of the day, you know, we people do business with people. That's the thing. And I've been missing that a bit in the COVID time. And I have to say, and I feel that vibe here in MIPIM this year, that people are really enjoying truly to have those 
next to the business one to having just human conversations. And yeah, you know, I mean, business is business and it has been great. Absolutely. But I think this is the part that I would probably say as the nice thing, because that's the things probably when you're 80 that you will remember. 100%. And I think that human to human connection is keeping us up until one and two in the morning sometimes too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No comment on that. Thank you so much, Khadija, for coming on. It's, Thank been, you. it's been a pleasure. Thank Keep you. doing what you're doing. It's very important. So very much supportive of your work. Thank you very much, Caleb. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care of yourself. Before we close this episode out, a final update from Adam Gadiali on Delta Q's triple strategy. As I mentioned earlier, everything we do needs to help the commercial real estate sector drastically reduce its carbon emissions. That's our purpose. We start with connecting building portfolios with our AI solution and commit ourselves to clear results, which include CO2 and energy reduction, operational efficiency and comfort optimization. Firstly, in order to reduce the building's energy consumption, we deploy our technology across building portfolios. We do this by mapping the building through a digital diagnosis or creating a digital twin of the building. This also includes precise local weather forecast and occupancy data. Secondly, through planning, which is where we conduct a physical diagnosis of the building with our HVAC and BMS specialists to ensure that the availability of data is as closely aligned with reality. From there, we identify building and system anomalies, build a roadmap towards savings, and advise on the carbon return of retrofit investments. Thirdly, by taking action. This is where we take both digital and physical data and automate repetitive savings through our AI steering of the HVAC systems. That's our triple strategy. There you go. What an important purpose. Be sure to visit DeltaQ.io to learn more and listen to episode eight this season where I got to sit down with Delta Q's CEO, Khadija Nadia at MIPM for a deeper dive into their purpose of helping the real estate sector on the road to zero. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com.